It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, it's the Juice on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Clint and Brennan. I'm Aaron. Time for some quick headlines, and these will be especially quick since my uh, laptop is updating. Uh, we'll have Friendship and Cooper Football 40 tonight, both on Double T 97.3 for the Friendship broadcast and 100.7 the score for the Cooper broadcast. Also, Coronado and Midland High tonight, 630 on 96.9 the Bull. And uh, Monterey at Abilene Wiley on 107.7 Yes FM. 10 o'clock Friday Night Live on Double T 97.3 to wrap it all up. Uh, earlier today, the ACC voted to extend invitations uh, to Stanford, Cal, and Southern Methodist University. Uh, those teams will be joining in 2024. We'll have Optimum Game Day Live tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 on Double T 97.3. Kickoff, Red Raiders and Wyoming Cowboys at uh, 6.30. Yeah. And then have the uh, Coors Light postgame show tomorrow afterward to uh, cuss and discuss. You two can join the program. We'd love to hear from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Um. Yeah, I uh, I tend to think that the most miserable fan base right now in college football, at least of the fan bases that had games last night, I, I think it's Florida. Yeah, um, yeah. You're looking at a Gator program in year two under Billy Napier. Didn't go well last year. I think that uh, has had a decent offseason. Mm-hmm. In terms of recruiting, they've got a pretty decent class put together right now that will sign or is supposed to sign in December or February. Um, they go out to Salt Lake City, play a Utah team without its starting quarterback, and they just get bullied. They they looked like I mean, th- there were there were more. I saw more than one tweet last night, essentially asking, "Hey, did Florida practice at all?" <laughs> Yeah, because it yeah. it definitely didn't look like it. Uh, I mean, interceptions, penalties. I mean, you had you had two players on the field with the same number at the same yeah. time, penalized, costly penalty, and that's one of those programs that has an army of staffers, mm-hmm. an army of staffers, and with all of that. All of that personnel, all of those analysts and coaches and assistants to this and that, you can't figure out, hey, we have two number threes in the, on the field at the same time. Like, to me, that is a very dispiriting performance. I think the – I mean, honestly, the, the final uh, score is not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Utah covered, um, but it wasn't some it, – it wasn't nearly as lopsided as the score – would tell you the score would tell you it was pretty hard fought close kind of nip and tuck but it it was a route it it was the biggest blowout that ended up in a 13 point margin of victory you'll probably ever see right because one one, uh 
I think Florida was getting a little manhandled by a much tougher and, to your point, uh, much more together team. Um, and I think this is the difference of even though Utah had several starters out, uh, even though that they had several starters out, uh, they have a team that is rolling off of consistency and knowing who they are as a program. Uh, and Florida right now, still in year two, is trying to find itself. But you're right. I mean, boneheaded mistakes. In, and you can go from a staff perspective where you have that penalty where it's, and like, like Herb Street and, and are making a joke, right, of, oh, he's supposed to be number 30, whatever it was supposed to be. And that leads to a score because that was going to yeah. be – that was a punt situation. That was – uh, eventually a touchdown and then you have like uh l- little things too where you're running that shovel tight end kind of under option that was just ugly the whole that? time yeah and, on fourth down yes and so you give the ball back you don't even get points there uh it was a team who knew what they were doing versus a team who did not um i think florida will will get better this year um than what that is and, and i can get maybe day one of Florida being real low on the program if you're a fan base. And I, I I can buy into that. I just go with Nebraska because you you just didn't want to lose the game the exact same way that you have in a lot of, of those close ones. And again, to a really bad Minnesota team. And I think that's more of, okay, if there was any hope that maybe there's some Matt Rule magic in year one. And not like Matt Rule magic, we're going 12-0, and 0, baby. But Matt, you're on in, uh, under rule at Temple and Baylor were both bad. Right. Both two win seasons both yeah. times, right? Um, but if you were in the stock of, hey, maybe maybe you get seven wins in year one with Matt Rule, and in a weaker side of the Big Ten, maybe you find a way to sneak in. I think that is out the window with game one. Yeah. I, I, I think that if, if you had – talked to a Florida fan 24 hours ago and said, hey, you're going to hold Utah to 14 first downs. They're going to be 3 of 13 on third down attempts. You're going to keep them under 275 yards of total offense. Mm -hmm. You're going to limit them to 3.5 yards a carry. Um, And you're going to win time of possession. Yeah. I mean... They had more first downs. They they outgained them, although not like by some significant amount. Problem is, they only had 13 rushing yards, and yeah. the the only interception in the game was thrown by um, the Gators. Graham Mertz, mm-hmm. another kind of. I mean, we've all heard the term like "bleep around and find out." You know, I feel like accepting a Wisconsin quarterback transfer. And starting him is a bleep around and find out. Like, what are you doing? Like, running back, fine. Offensive lineman, fine. Defensive player, fine. What are you doing? And in a year where Wisconsin is notably changing offenses to be a more quarterback-friendly, yeah. uh, quarterback-attacking offense, and that guy wasn't the guy for them. And you're like, oh, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, put him, bring, yeah. bring him down here to Gainesville. You know what is it? Now, between those two... Granted, from a fan base perspective, I mean, way more passionate, way more uh, involved, and maybe even just just using the word way more caring in this discussion. But another one that I don't really want to be a part of for multiple reasons uh, it, right now is Arizona State. And that's in a How win. How about that, man? <laughs> that's in a win. It didn't feel like it, though. No. 
Yeah, if you if you missed this yesterday, and you know, I don't know why anybody around here would have stayed up to to watch the end of that game because there was a a bit of a delay, um, a lightning delay. How long was that? It was uh, two hours. Yeah, okay, for sure. Twenty four twenty one. The final. Arizona State holds off Southern Utah. It was twenty one seven at the half. Um. Southern Utah scored 14 points in the second half, including one touchdown on a blocked punt Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter that uh, got them to within three points. Just a terrible, terrible showing there, game one under Kenny Dillingham. I mean, that is just atrocious. And and again, I I don't think if you're an Arizona State fan, you're expecting a magical year under Dillingham um, anyways, but then you come off of the... Well, for me, kind of just funny announcement. Hey, we're self-banning from a bowl game. Okay, did you think you were going anyways? But if you were, if you were hopeful, every fan's hopeful coming into the season. Like, well, maybe they'll still play well. Mm, that is not exactly a good sign uh, for the Arizona State season. Yeah, I mean, and I think that if you're – so yeah, you can have very realistic expectations, I think, for Arizona State. Be very clear-eyed about what you have there as a football team. And still expect to handle a Southern Utah squad that was right. five and six last year. You know, this isn't like it's not like North Dakota State or one of the Montana programs. Right. They, they like last year they played at Utah seventy three to seven. They lost to Tarleton. They lost to Abilene Christian. They lost to Stephen F. Austin. Utah Tech, not a good football team. More tech talk next. podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Clint and Brennan. I'm Aaron, we're joining you today until 6. Would love to hear your thoughts and comments on the EH Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Sam says, guys, I'm currently hosting a tailgate party in front of Austin Westlake High School, but I have all of the Texas Tech merchandise in the middle of Longhorn Country. Wreck em. Sam, well done. I hope you're enjoying a Mr. Pib Extra right now. I was going to say, you know what's at that tailgate? Ice cold Pib Extra. Hey, what kind of beer do you have in that keg? It's not beer. It's Mr. Pib Extra. I have a whole Pib Extra keg over here if anybody wants pump. Raiders Dad says, I like that there are some games and teams that McGuire can point out uh, to the team and say, hey, don't sleepwalk. Matt points out Southern Utah had a 70-yard gain to the one-yard line called back at one point in the third quarter. It led to a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Hot Dog says this, how long has AD been trying to work in raw dog and into a show without getting in trouble? Uh, I mean, since this morning, I guess. Um, someone says, why even heat them up? Cold wieners equals Vienna sausages. Mm, it's Because uh, I understand it's really the same thing it, with a hot dog specifically. It's not like a raw hamburger patty right? where you're literally cooking it to be cooked. This is a mental thing. I, meant, I need it to be heated up. Steven, do you guys have a player on each side of the ball you'd really like to stand out tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think that if we're sitting here on Tuesday, because we won't be here on Monday because of the holiday, mm-hmm. if we're sitting here on Tuesday celebrating a win and talking about Taj Brooks and talking about one of your either... Jalen Bradford, I'm sorry, Tony Bradford or Jalen Hutchings. Mm-hmm. I think if you're talking about one of those two defensive players, 
and Taj Brooks, then I think it's great news. Because Taj Brooks having a big day would be somewhat notable because the strength of that Wyoming defense, well, that Wyoming team is their defense, and the strength of their defense is their defensive front. Right. And so if you're able to move the ball on the ground consistently, somewhat easily, I think that is a great sign of things to come. And then, um, you know, would really like to see your two interior linemen kind of dominate up front against a not great Wash or a Wyoming offensive line. Yeah, and uh, those are both really good answers. Taj Brooks is mine on offense. Um, even though, well, you know, their two leading running backs are out. Again, it's not the same guy that they had from last year that led them. It was going to be a different boat regardless. Uh, I don't think the running game was still going to be a quote-unquote threat, but... I like the interior defensive line picks, but if you do get in an opportunity uh, where if you're, you know, they they just have to go to the air because they're trying to catch up, and you can pin your ears back and you get a, a good day out of a Miles Cole or a Steve Linton, give me that all yeah, day long too. I'm, I'm very excited about seeing both of them. I I would have picked one of them. I just am not sure how many opportunities they'll right. have. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Maybe you go up early. Maybe you get up 14, 17, 3, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to kind of go to the air more than mm-hmm. they'd like to, more than they're comfortable with. And at that point, maybe Linton or uh, Miles Cole can uh, can feast a little bit. And, and all this, you know, that discussion is hinged around because you were placing your best player by a long shot in Tyree Wilson last year. But something else that Tyree Wilson was good at was the run defense, too. So, I mean, it's not like you're just trying to replace his pressure now he moved around a lot more than what you'll see those two guys so i mean you can still see productive days uh out of either of those two guys with it and then not just be like oh man they had you know a combined two and a half sacks whatever you know that count is and and still just be a force that's disruptive and anytime they tried to run something to the outside it got shut down because you weren't just running past them so i i would take any of those that we said on the on the defense News broke early this morning, pretty early, that the ACC would be inviting SMU, Cal, and Stanford. Um, of the four no votes that had uh, kind of been known publicly, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and North Carolina State, NC State flipped. They voted yes. Weak. And so now you have uh, you know two Bay Area programs and a program in Dallas joining the ACC. And some of the details have changed. Some of the, the the components of the deal have changed since we first began discussing this. Uh, Cal and Stanford will take a little bit less initially mm-hmm. in terms of their media share. Uh, and SMU will not take a dime from the media package for nine years. Yeah, Nine years. I mean, I put it... Like bonus kid right now is twelve years old. He will be legally allowed to drink before SMU takes a single dollar from the ACC's media revenue package. Now they're not getting nothing. They'll still mm-hmm. be getting a, a equal share of college football playoff money, of NCAA tournament units, all that stuff. So it's not just like a zero dollar affair. It's probably about the same kind of a wash as they were getting in the American, maybe a bit more. Uh, but still, that that's a joke. To to kind of pimp yourself out like that as a program is kind of embarrassing. And 
I've seen some say, oh, this is the ultimate betting on yourself move, which I guess, I guess it is, but now that you've had the SMU backers saying, hey, we have your back for this, we will keep, we will keep you afloat until it starts paying off a decade down the line now. Well, if you're SMU, if you're just the playing side from one, clearly from a football standpoint, but also a basketball standpoint, which feels incredibly watered down now as a conference, which I get is not part of the conversation. I understand. I'm just saying from a historic basketball conference, feels kind of soft now with the three that you added. But from SMU, you have to have results now to say that it's worth it. And then also hope that you still don't see down the line the combustion of the ACC where you're not getting a better deal anyway. Yeah. Last one in, first one out. Yeah. Like it, it, you can say it is a betting on yourself. But what's the point of betting on yourself if there's nothing to be gained in the end anyways? Other than just saying we're technically a, which Power Five's going away, we're of that level. We're a Power Five team. I uh, there, There's also some, some thought that uh, some of the non-revenue programs, the non-revenue sports, um, instead of traveling all the way to the Bay Area, you would have East Coast ACC programs travel to Dallas to play Cal and or Stanford. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what all sports kind of make that list. Like if you're doing baseball. Yeah. Although I guess SMU doesn't have a baseball field. I don't know what they would do there. But like, is it is it just kind of like volleyball and tennis? Is it soft? Like what? what I'd love to know the sports that kind of get lumped there. But what like... How terrible is that? Like, if you are a Stanford, let's say, volleyball player, and your your quote home games against East Coast ACC teams are now in Dallas, how crappy is that? Yeah, yeah. Like that that is that is insanely crappy. More tech talk next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Clinton Brennan. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Uh, this person says in the chat line, had the Big 12 went the way of the pack, and we all know it looked like it might at one point. True, fair. Uh, Tech would have taken at least a half TV cut to stay in a Power Five. Uh, yeah, perhaps, probably, uh, if that option was available. Um, I think that that is a far cry different kind of situation. Um, I mean, heck, Oregon and Washington are taking half cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't think that that's just the absolute kind of worst. I think that it's, here's my issue. And I, with both SMU and then Cal and Stanford are separate. SMU, unlike any of the other group of five programs that have, that have risen up the ranks and joined the power five over the last five years or 15 years, Utah, TCU, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, unlike 
all of those programs, and if you want to go into like the Big East too and talk about Louisville and stuff like that, kind of a different story. But either way, all of those programs earned it, earned it on the field, right? Earned it largely, not all the time, but mostly with decent fan support. But they earned it on the field. TCU went undefeated, won a Rose Bowl. Won however many Mountain West Conference championships. Utah undefeated in 2005. Won Mountain West Conference championships. Cincinnati, college football playoff. Um, and, and did pretty well yeah. right in that game. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just get they didn't get TCU'd um, once they were there. Ask about some of Oklahoma State's. It went way worse than what Cincinnati's was against Alabama. Yeah, I mean UCF, right? Undefeated in 2017. BYU national championship in 84. Uh, they were a 10-win team like, I don't know, four years ago. Clearly have earned it. Um, Houston, multiple kind of 10-win seasons across the last 15 years under different coaches. What the hell has SMU done? The answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. The answer is nothing. Uh, they have one double-digit win season in the last 25 years, and even then, even in their best season, they finished third in the conference. Right, haven't played for a conference championship to say nothing of actually winning one. Uh, no major bowl games of note. Hell, no major victories of note. When was the last time you heard about SMU knocking off a Power Five outside of maybe TCU in their rivalry game? Right, they haven't earned it. They don't fill up their stadium. They don't have big numbers in terms of fans, and and now they're just pimping themselves out. If there wasn't that clause in the contract that says, hey, ESPN will pay you a Tier 1 share for every new member that you add, SMU would not be involved. They are, they are a centrally located shell company. Mm-hmm. It's a Ponzi scheme. And, and there is no... They bring nothing else. They're not AAU. They're not just super highfalutin academically. And they're terrible in the sports that matter. They're terrible in the sports that matter. But the contract says, hey, we'll give you a T1 or tier one share for every new member you add. And so here they are. That's my problem with SMU. Haven't earned it. Problem with uh, Cal and Stanford? Those are, and I, we don't talk politics here. We're not going to talk politics here. I just view this as a statement of fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are the two, two of the most kind of uh, uh, liberal leaning institutions that play FBS football. Yeah. Right. Whether you agree with what that means or not, don't care. Could not care less. Well, I think we can all agree that that is a statement of fact. With that comes a lot of talk institutionally about student-athlete welfare, mental health, a lot of this the, the alliance talking points last year about all that stuff, equality, equity, yada, yada, yada. That's, I mean, that that that's their wheelhouse. They love that, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go from championing those causes, um, being very against playing football in 2020 in the COVID pandemic, to to just throwing yourself at the ACC across the country. Please, please include us. Please include us so that we don't have to rub elbows with Boise State, Colorado State, and Nevada, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about student-athlete welfare. It's not about equity. It's not about equality, right? It's not about any of that stuff. It's about we we want to maintain our social status. Yeah. 
That's what it, if they cared about student athlete welfare, okay, they wouldn't be, you know, considering playing home games for non-revenue, largely women's sports in Dallas, right? Because of travel, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be doing it. They wouldn't be playing road games across the country in Boston and Syracuse, New York, and Miami, Florida, Clemson, South Carolina. Chapel Hill, North Carolina. They wouldn't be doing it. They would be playing in regional uh, matchups against Oregon State, against Washington State, Boise State, Colorado State, Nevada, San Jose State, Sandy. They're not. It's, it's complete BS. This is this is face-saving, rubbing elbows move for t- two of the most uh, elitist, uh, arrogant institutions in athletics. And I'm speaking totally and completely about their athletics programs academically they've earned it they're very very good academically we don't care about academics mm-hmm. well i think there's something to be said sorry and, for and, no 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 this the this filibuster. goes this because one that's been my issue with stanford cal is mixed messages is what it feels like and um i think if you're talking about the big 12 and how long did we talk about Four corners. It started there, right? With and then who are you going to get? And then and then it went there for a little bit. Okay, can you get Gonzaga for maybe just basketball? And you went the UConn discussion. All of that that happened, and then still eventually, what you ended up grabbing there was a cultural fit. You don't have that with Stanford no. and Cal going the ACC. Like that's why you weren't looking at Stanford and Cal seriously whenever you were doing your own conference. Like there's something to be said about that. You look at the Big Ten. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, totally get it. Even though it's cross country, it's not the cross country thing to me at all. I mean, totally get it. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, who you had in the Big 12, uh, with just in general, kind of your quote unquote, the, the, the politics, social, whatever, fits in line. Those views are in line. Stanford and Cal are just so far off from what the ACC is. Well, and the ACC, even before, was an amalgamation of different kind of interests mm-hmm. and regions. Uh, you had the traditional kind of tobacco road programs. You had the football first programs like Clemson, Florida State, and Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you had the the geographic outliers like Pitt and Syracuse and Boston College. You know, Louisville is a relatively new member. And then on top of it all, you have Notre Dame that doesn't play the most important sport and yet gets an equal vote. Yeah, that was silly. You know? That's just silly. And so now, on top of all that, you add in Cal and Stanford and SMU. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. They, they deserve what they're going to get. More Tech Talk next. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Clint and Brennan. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until six o'clock. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com. Trevor asked an interesting question uh, about 10 minutes ago on the chat line. He said this, What are your expectations on defense this year after losing a couple of key guys? I think we'll be better because of year to experience, and I hope the new guys shine through Reckham. 
I am. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting year, for all the normal and obvious reasons. But we're, we're going to learn, I think, a lot about the uh, the accuracy of the hype, because one, McGuire has not shied away at all from talking up his team. Mm-hmm. In a way that is not bad. It's not a bad thing. There's no, There are no complaints here. It is just unusual compared to maybe a lot of his peers and certainly his predecessors who typically like to kind of downplay, lower expectations, lower the temperature. Hey, we're just trying to get better one day at a time, one game at a time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas, you know, McGuire will tell you, hey, I think we're pretty good, mm-hmm. you know? Um and then there's also been a, a significant level of um, hype for a guy like Steve Linton, mm-hmm. the Syracuse transfer. I mean, NFL, first-round draft pick. I mean, th- those terms have been tossed around yeah. by people associated with this program about Linton. I mean, in, in two and a half, three months, we're going to know – it, it, was that talk accurate about Linton? And I hope it is. I, I hope I hope it's accurate and clearly accurate and obviously accurate by like week three, mm-hmm. right? And we'll know about okay, you know, McGuire was talking up this team and they went nine and three, ten and two. Hey, mission accomplished. Clearly, a finger on the pulse, pegged it right, straight talker, etc. If if you if you miss the mark or if Linton isn't as good, I think you go okay. A little, little grain of salt needed here. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, it's show I, and tell. And and you have to hit those marks again. But I go to last off season, and he was just as brash. He's just as honest with how he feels about the team and individual players. And I know everyone was excited about Tyree Wilson from the end of the season he had the year before. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how he built up Tyree Wilson, and that was a Big hit. Boom. Right on target, right? Uh, Go to what he was talking about with the quarterback room. Really excited. He did not shy away. said he's got three guys in that room that he feels like he could win with. Nailed it. I I mean, I hate that you had to see that three quarterbacks last year, but he was right. You saw that you had three quarterbacks that you could win with. Not once did he say, boy, this offensive line this year – is going to be bonkers good. I mean, we're just going to move people out of the way. The things he felt confident about is what he kind of, I I guess, put out there to the media and put out there to the fans. And so, at least from last year, maybe it's not all the way batting a 1,000, but I I think he's saying what he believes, and it's not just putting fluff out there. So... When he says things, and it's not, I mean, starts with Steve Linton, but he's he said a few times now that he feels that that position group might be even better this year, which gives me confidence in that. But you're right, you still have to go see that this year, and you still have to have uh, that same level of replaced production, whether it is uh, a crazy good Steve Linton year or it is by committee, which I think is more likely um, with a couple of different names, and Linton's a big part of that. So when he says things like that, I feel good about it. When he says things like, this offensive line is going to be a plus for us this year, I feel good about that because um, I don't think it's him just trying to 
you know, put smoke out uh, and, and tell the fans what they want to hear from what they saw last year. So defensively, I think you're going to see uh, a really good outside linebacker defensive line combo this year. I think you're going to see one of the better ones in the Big 12. Will it be dominant? I, I don't think it'll be. I don't think that will be the case. Um, I think you'll see a secondary that's going to get some interceptions this year, but also be super aggressive and maybe get beat a few times. Um, I think you're going to find that you have a very long athletic defense that's going to have playmaking ability at every single level, but it's not going to be perfect. So I, I think we'll look back after this year and go in the conference, you had a, a, a top five ish unit. Sign me up. Yeah, I do. Uh, this in the Yates flooring center chat line. Uh, someone says, as a diehard Red Raider fan, I have not been this excited since the post-2008 season in 2009. I will be extremely disappointed and devastated if the hype is not real this year. Devastated. Uh, this on the chat line, uh, NC State is the uncoolest kid at the cool table. If they get, if they four get invited to a different conference, they'll dump NC State in a heartbeat. Uh, someone else has this, so Wazoo and Oregon State to the Mountain West. No, not necessarily. The American Athletic Conference has said it is not looking toward um, westward expansion. So the AAC mm -hmm. is out as an option. Um, I do think that the focus right now, and there's a, a story out today by Stuart Mandel, I actually posted in the last 15 minutes, actually, um, that says their, their plan is to, or their hope, or their focus is to see if there is a way to um, maintain the Pac-12 brand, maintain their assets, their future assets, and add to it through a reverse merger with the Mountain West or by poaching some teams from the Athletic. It, how likely is that? I don't know. It sounds pretty difficult. A lot of moving parts there, um, but that seems to be their focus as of right now. I thought it was interesting that the uh, like two days ago, two or three days ago, you saw the uh, uh, American Athletic. Hey, we have a contingency plan if this happens with SMU. And the very next day, oh by the way, that's not looking west. Yeah. <laughs> contingency plan is not. Army apparently is. What, they're, they're looking at army. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be a big, low key, uh, big addition because I think you would at that point you would get. I mean, already name you would, would be a conference game. Yeah. It's pretty big time. More Tech Talk next. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Clint Scott and Renan Riker. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. Love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. How about this? I uh, had not seen this until just now. This might be old news. One of the more 
interesting matchups to me, at least, this weekend. Um, and unfortunately, it'll be going on at the same time as the Tech game, so I'll not be able to pay just a lot of attention to it, is uh, UTSA's game against Houston. Now, mm-hmm. if you remember last year, that game was in San Antonio, and it was very entertaining. Went to overtime. Houston won. Three overtimes, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Houston won, um, <clears throat> but uh, it was close yeah. and very nip and tuck. Houston is an underdog in this game. I did not know this. I see a what two point I think was two and a half, whatever the line is. I I wasn't just overly surprised by that, just because UTSA, whenever whatever it means to you, the uh, AP top twenty five, they were close to the outside of that as well. Where Houston's pretty far off from that, and then if you're UTSA. Um, I think the biggest thing, right, they have Frank Harris back at quarterback who's feels like he's been there forever uh, and really knows that offense inside and out. So it's almost just like an experience nod to me. Well, it, it I guess what surprised me about it is it, it flipped three points overnight. Oh, see, I, I thought UTSA was the favorite like, the I'm whole looking, time. I'm looking at the line movement. Houston was a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the morning of August 27th. Okay. Right? So, on Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. they were a a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and then by the time you went to sleep on Sunday evening, they were a a one-and-a-half-point dog. That's a big jump. Yeah, I didn't know the start of that. That's And they had been been a favorite. I'm scrolling for, like, they were a a two-and-a-half-point favorite in May. They were still favored going into July by two and a half points. Uh, and then over the course of July and into August, it went down to one and a half points. Um, and then, boom, the line yeah. moved three points, which is a big move. Yeah, that's a oh, overnight. And it's and not like this is February. Right. You know, looking ahead, this is game week, and it, and it moves that much. That, that was that was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, and nothing that I've seen – Headline wise, of like, oh, suddenly this player's out. That's why there's a jump. Yeah, I haven't seen anything with that. So, well, and, I mean, heck, the the Utah line never moved. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, and and certainly Houston doesn't have anybody. I mean, Do- I mean, Donovan Smith is not Cam Rising. As much as I like Donovan Smith and hope he does well mm-hmm. while losing every game. Um, this on the chat line, Gus probably hating life on this road trip. I'm curious why you think that. Are you in there with him? Are you part of that road trip? Well, whenever you talked to him last, probably it's coming from the angle that they didn't have the meals figured out. So they're yeah, just well. shooting from the hip. Maybe he uh, maybe he just packed a bag of hot dog wieners to hold them over in case. You know what's great? If you have an old car, uh, you just put it in the cigarette lighter, flip it, put it in the cigarette lighter, get the other half lit. Um, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Radiation Station. I hope that we see Baron Morton finish the game in the sense that Tech is taking the Cowboys to the woodshed, um, to be clear, not due to an injury to anyone. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if you got Baron Morton in there, for sure. That would be tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radiation Station, uh, if the Pac-2 absorbs the Mountain West Conference, I guess the vote would have to be unanimous for both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if the... <laughs> 
it would need to be unanimous from the Mountain West, right? Because they would need to effectively dissolve their conference and then yeah. all join the pack. Um, and so if, if any one team is not into this, says no, then at that point they would essentially be able to block it or effectively make it so painful to where they don't do it. Yeah, I don't think they really have to worry about, boy, I hope, uh, like I said, oh, you don't see a All right, AD, let's try this again. Shout out to the wife, Kate, if you can. Kate, thank you for listening. We tried this yesterday. You had already left the car. Yes. We appreciate your uh, your interest in our program for, again, whatever reason, but we, we appreciate it. It's probably Gus, even though he's not here. I've been told Gus is the eye candy. Uh, someone says, if you can, what's your scoring line guess? They say 40 to 19 tech. I would take that probably and feel okay about it. Um, I think it'll be 30 to 13, something like that. I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a comfortable um, win in the end where you cover maybe a little bit closer in the first half than you know people would like. Um, you know, maybe the, the altitude affects you somewhat, but... I think at the end, uh, your quality proves to be the difference. Yeah, actually, uh, for his, mine is in total, I guess, just three points different. I have this as a 38-20 to 20 win. Um, I think there'll be a little slow-ish start. Um, not where you're just like, boy, we had you know three three and outs before the offense got going. But I think you'll see uh, a little bit of a feeling out process at first. Um, as you get going on, on in the road environment. And I think Wyoming will have a much tougher second half, offensively and defensively, than they do in the first. But, yeah, I have a 38-20 win for Tech. I'll say this. If if they score more than 24 points, mm-hmm. right, I think that's, that's an area of concern. Unless it's, like, special teams touchdown or yeah. – you know, turnover recovery for a touchdown, like a defensive score. You look at their results last year; they, they weren't dipping into the 30s very often. Mm-hmm. Um, they they weren't worse. really, yeah, they weren't really dipping into the high 20s very often. Um, and so, if they come out of the gate against a, a defense that you expect to be kind of a strength of your team, mm-hmm. then I, I think that I'll be a little bit worried when I reconvene with everybody on Tuesday. Yeah, I think, and and that's if they have a. If they have a plus day offensively in any facet of the game, because Andrew Peasley is not a good quarterback, I think they have a tight end that they feel good about, but their best receiver is not there anymore. Um, and then running game-wise, already mentioned a couple of injuries who they thought they were going to lean on this year as they try to replace the guy from last year. Um, it's, to put it bluntly, uh, a, a pretty lame offense up in Wyoming. And I don't think they're expecting much offensively. It, they would love more than anything to have this turn into an ugly fist fight. Just an Iowa State-esque game. Yeah. Love to get your thoughts and comments today on the Yates Please. Flooring Center chat line at double-t973.com. <laughs> Dusty predicts 57-17. Uh, Raiders' dad says, what score would make AD say, who boy? Because uh, to me, who boy in that context is negative. So I, I would think that it would be a loss, God forbid, or um, a close game where they score in the 30s. Like yeah. th- If this is a high-flying shootout, yeah, that's a who boy. 
Yeah, I, I think your who boy is like a, a four, even like a 42 to 35 win. Yeah. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.